Geek Top 5 Quarantine Edition. Yay! It was time now. There was was all the time I needed. Geek Top 5. I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And we are back with another special guest list, uh, following up on the heels of uh, comedy multimedia auteur Stephen Shaggy Shanahan. Be sure to check out his wild episode last week if you hadn't. Uh, We've got another sort of experienced film guy, uh, both behind the camera and from consuming the content, uh, here to give us some some pretty serious stuff. Uh, Graham, why don't you lead us in here? He's... The man you all wish was in your lives, a board game expert, video game lover, uh, knowledgeable on all topics, it's Mr. David Hall. Hello, hello. Yeah, I was actually going to, I was wondering, what were we going to say about it? Mm, <laughs> mm, questions, questions. Uh, but in general, yes, I am a, I'm a big nerd. Um, I, don't, I don't have the credentials, though, I think, as, as some people do. You know, like I, I feel like I'm a more of a generalist. Um, but I, I do love all media. Uh, I am a teacher of videography, and uh, yes, I just, I just basically just sit at home watching and reading a bunch, a bunch of stuff. And and I'm here to talk about something that's not 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 space based, uh, although there might be aliens. And um, <laughs> it's debatable. So, in you know, some there's always there's always there's always some nerdiness going on. Yeah, that's that's true. So you say you're a generalist, like take us through that a bit. Is there like, it's just you, you consume all media and like nothing <laughs> in particular grabs you. You just well, always searching for more. You know what? I like a lot. I think the thing is um, I like a lot of different genres, but I get uh, bored quickly and I don't get obsessive uh, over some things. Like one of my examples is uh, this is like just a saying that I have is there's always a bigger star Wars fan. And I learned that <laughs> lesson. Uh, like when I was young, as I'm sure, you know, uh, actually I, I, I can't remember exactly how early you two met, but, but there'd always be like the, the one guy who's like the star Wars guy. Right. Uh, either. You, yeah. exactly, Jesse. And, and yeah, Jesse for sure. Right. And, sure. And and I remember, like, when I was in you know junior school, I was the Star Wars guy. Uh, but then you go to middle school and you meet more people, and then are you still you still that person? Uh, I still was, but eventually you meet somebody like Jesse. In my life, it was probably meeting Jesse, and then I go, oh yeah, maybe I'm not that into Star Wars. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then and then there's always that other person where you that you know you flip on, and and, and especially now with the internet, you're like, oh yeah. I'm really yeah. not a Star Wars guy. Like the internet I like really humbles you. Exactly. exactly. I watch I watch a, a bunch of them, you know, and and you know, I, I I do know some random, you know, random names of some of those side characters, but uh, but in general, you know, I don't have a suit of of stormtrooper armor uh, in my house uh, it's, it's or like attaching. Yeah. It's the same thing with playing Halo. It's like we would have those 16 player LAN parties and, yes. and there'd be like three or four people who would always be at the top. And then you go play online and it's just like a struggle to play Absolutely. at all. Yeah, man. I'm happy with my Kilimanjaro. Like I don't I don't need to get up to a kill apocalypse. Like it's it's hard. It's hard, man. It's, right? Like it's it's a tricky life <laughs> to be to be like the the nerdiest of uh, of one specific topic so in general uh like i said i think i'm i'm more just branching out i i love um like you know ya novels but also with this list you'll see that i also enjoy some uh <laughs> i love i feel like we're making this sound like really creepy like darker 
darker things but uh (laughs) (laughs) but uh you know yeah it's definitely all over the place uh and i think that's actually why i know we keep on teasing this you know what's this list all about but uh one of the early things that i you know really enjoyed too um is a uh, board games and uh, and the sort of the renaissance of of modern board games. Uh, everybody here now has played what I consider the now the new gateway board games like Catan and um, Ticket to Ride, probably Ticket to Ride, yeah, Dominion, which are great games, you know. And then from there, you can move on to to some more uh, advanced games. And I apologize to people who only play Catan to death and. Uh, it's a great game. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna call you a uh, a noob, a, a fake, <laughs> a fake board game. game. Yeah, exactly. You you like what you like, but um, uh, but even at an early age, I think uh, you know, I really enjoyed game mechanics and you know how they operated, and uh, and I'm always on the search, especially, and I would love to hear from people if they know of good co-op board games. I am always looking for for some new co-op board games, uh, especially in the like worker placement or resource management uh, category. Worker placement. So like a game set in a temp office, right? Where you're trying to... <laughs> that is exactly it. Yes. You oh, will. okay. The yeah, for sure, for sure. There are definitely some jobs that you'd rather do and then not do. Um, <laughs> so you call yourself a generalist. You mentioned like you like YA books, but you've never written a YA book, but you teach videography and you've done some pretty cool stuff behind the camera. Mm. I mean, obviously, you know, movies and, and again, this list isn't all movies, but obviously movies, television, the screen sort of stands out to you. Um, is that, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is like, like, how does that, like, 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 what makes that the winner if you were? Oh, you know, I, I would definitely have to say, you know, for my whole life, what I find so fascinating besides game mechanics is story, right? Just, um, I just love stories, uh, crafting stories myself and, and listening to them, partaking in them, uh, and definitely viewing them. Um, I would, I, I, this is where I wish I had like this anecdote of like, yes, I would sit down and my grandfather would tell me these amazing stories of people's lives. And this is how mythology began. And I'd be like, no, no, it's more like, I think uh, I sat down on a couch beside my mom and she was watching a movie and I was like, what's that? And she's like, just watch it. I was like, oh, but it's in black and white. And she's like, it's okay. And then I'm like, no, I don't want, and then I just watch it and be like, oh, that's really good. Um, and uh, that's, that's sort of, sort of how it happened uh but also still lining up with this teasing of of what we're getting into i know you guys love star trek tng especially um but i think my my quest and my inkling to find to build this list actually came at a very early age when i was a young lad watching tng and there's an episode named allegiance i don't know if you guys remember this episode I looked it up just 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 before this to find out what it was. It was to, the name was Allegiance. It's in season three, episode eighteen. And I know obviously there are tons of amazing TNG episodes, but this is the this is the episode actually that stuck with me uh, the most when I was a child. Um, and it's not that it was an amazing episode. I even remember as a kid being. I, I actually thought I was going to be like a movie critic when I was like nine. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and being like, oh, this wasn't the best episode, but they had some really great ideas. And the episode is Picard. Uh, what happens is he gets transported into a uh, basically like this locked room 
with three other people, uh, right. aliens, and they're trying to figure out why they're there and how to escape. Um, so I don't know if you guys remember that episode. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But uh, I actually just rewatched that one recently so I could show my wife the singing Picard. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that was definitely a highlight of that episode, right? Um, but, uh, but I thought it was just so interesting, um, this sort of game of wits with nothing uh, around them uh, to sort of, um, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you do this, right? Like, wh- where are you? What are you, what's the environment like? You have no sort of clues or do you? And, and then you have to go search them out and figure out, you know, why, why are you imprisoned? Um, yeah. So I guess that leads us to the list. I guess I should be introducing this list. Is that, is that a good segue? Sure. Let's do it. Awesome. So, uh, I also want to talk about the title of this because it's going to make no sense when I say it, but uh, I am trying to do a list of the top five game master survival horror series. Uh, so that means absolutely nothing to anybody. And I also want to just call it actually the, I, I, I want to throw in another word in there, the game master puzzle based uh, survival oh. series, because I believe that the game master battle Royale um, is a is another sort of subset genre of, of so like hunger games wouldn't fit into this list exactly exactly so uh hunger games is definitely a battle royale um based uh on battle royale series. <laughs> and yeah exactly and i mean i love battle royale but no puzzles is the thing right mm-hmm. just the action you're looking for something a little more sophisticated here. Well, I think what's interesting about the battle royale genre and and sort of the difference between it, that and the puzzle based ones is that the battle royale genre, um, I love it too. I actually love I actually love battle. I love the battle royale genre. I think it's it is awesome. Hunger Games is like you said, Graham is is a great example of it. Um, There's a, a Marvel comic version of it. I think it's ah, uh, uh, I'm. A- just left my mind something arena but yeah it didn't mm. last too long but it was like 20 issues maybe okay yeah no i see i didn't know about that one i'll have to check it out i know i mean there's there's so many of them you know based on sort of like this deadliest game the idea of you know just hunting people and and even when you know when we were younger uh running man you know with arnold schwarzenegger right. is sort of like a kind of a battle royale style right a lot of times they battle royale are, are very much uh normally convicts or people who should be punished uh because it has an audience so that you know they can feel better and it's for entertainment and yeah, you don't feel bad when someone gets yeah killed. exactly it's, unless it's your hero unless exactly exactly um and then yeah, normally those are goes back of, to to like death race death race absolutely is a battle royale genre yeah i have that yeah on this list here yeah death race uh, for sure and i think a lot of those ones it's it's it is a bit of a commentary on us and just our sort of bloodlust when we're watching them uh, being the, the audience. Best, the best movies are all like commentary mm-hmm. on, on mm-hmm. humanity and whatever. For sure. For sure. And, and, and so that's the thing is in the battle royale genre, you know who the game master is. It's normally like this, this sort of uh, bourgeoisie people who are laughing at you. And, uh, and ultimately you'll either, there will be one survivor uh, or if you can outwit the game masters, uh, you know, you can break in and sort of overthrow them. Um, right. It's very much a class struggle. There's so. a class struggle. That's what the battle royale genre is about. The genre that I want to talk about, though, uh, which is which I call like the game master puzzle based side, um, 
has these, these are sort of like my, the definition for me about it is that a big part of the movies, and we can actually talk about number five, uh, the first movie uh, is Cube. So I don't know if you guys remember Cube uh, or if you watched Cube. I have uh, a deep abiding Canadian pride for Cube. Yes, yes, you, <laughs> you do. I think the thing is if Toronto you, pride. I mean, it's very specific. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's it's one of those things where, like, if you're a Canadian, you basically have to watch like Sweet Hereafter, Jesus of Montreal, and Cube. <laughs> like, those are like the Canadian classics. If you're a horror fan, you'll watch Black christmas just so that you could be like this was a, the precursor to halloween we did it first but, but i mean i feel that, like some yeah. people would also be like anne of green gables but like cube was man cube was the one for me and it came out to at the perfect time like it was 1997 and um you know, this was a movie that just blew my mind, right? It was, uh, for those of you who don't know what Cube is, I'm doing a lot of talking. Do you guys want to, do you know, no, do you want to describe it's it? That's why you're here, man. That's okay. That's what I'm, I'm going to just go with it. Yeah. I guess so, I'll just say, I do remember yeah. watching it in in a high school class at some point. I don't remember the context. Maybe it's because there's a whole thing about prime numbers and we watched it in math class. It seems really weird. That, thinking about that it. actually sounds like your teacher really didn't like teaching math. <laughs> if that was, if that was the case, I actually, I kudos to them for being like, huh? How can we stick this movie a movie in here? Prime <laughs> it numbers? does seem like a bit of a stretch. <laughs> you didn't know our high school. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, you know what? You probably got a lot of learning out of Cube more than than the math. So there you go. I think it's it's good. Actually, I watched a video about it, and the math doesn't actually check out in the movie, which is unfortunate. Oh uh, no! That's the whole. That's the whole thing. I know. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's it. Well, okay. So, like the not, the numbers that they have. Okay, so this is okay. Let's start over. Let's just yeah, roll yeah, back for the movie. What yeah. is Cube? We yeah, got to start so, there. Exactly. So, Cube. Uh, it, it says it right in the title. It's it's about people stuck in a cube. And so, what it is is imagine a, a massive Tetris, uh, not Tetris, um, Rubik's cube, uh, except the rooms, and uh, there's a group of people. Uh, who are uh, inside and and the rooms, if they travel into a different one, it might be booby-trapped and it's about them surviving in the cube. And what's what's so genius about it is, one, it's dirt cheap to make. I mean, we're talking about Canadian movies, right? So, <laughs> so this is an easy movie to make. They literally just make one set <laughs> which is a cube and it's like a, you know, a flashy looking uh, set piece, which I think looks really good. And it's uh, you know, it's sort of like this metal box with like a lot of panels that you can color. Uh, and and it, I think it looks great. Uh, and then you just throw a bunch of people in that room and then they basically just argue and discuss how to get out of it. Uh, at the time though, it was for me like a, a, well, one, like going back to that TNG episode, it was just, it was that, but on steroids and it was, uh, sort of a masterclass on what you can do with so little. Uh, all the all the people who are in it are sort of like these these archetypes of uh, of different professions, and they're a random group. But they realize over time that you know there's a reason why they were put into this into this cube together. One of them is like a cop. One of them is a, a professional 
um, escape artist. And, you know, so they, so they drop these people in to, uh, to try to figure out how to, how to get out of it. And going back to what we were talking about with the prime numbers, what they learn, the way that they can navigate from room to room is that some of the rooms they can, they can tell are safe based on uh, if the numbers corresponding to this room are going to be prime or not. Um, and the big twist, which, uh, I guess it's, it's, it's a 1997 movie. Actually, we are, yeah. We're clear for spoilers. Yeah, you know, okay. actually, I, I was going to say, I think I watched a trailer just recently, and I think they, I think they spoil it in the trailer, so I don't feel too bad. Is is that the rooms actually move? So, um, so they're like, you know, they're using their logic to be like, oh, well, if we keep on traveling from you know this cube to this next cube to this next cube, then we'll we'll eventually get out. But but the the rooms move, and so the mathematician um, figures out that you can learn the X, XYZ coordinates of, uh, of where the different cubes are going to move based on, on the numbers that they have. Uh, but the problem is, you know, with YouTube now, you can just, uh, check the math. <laughs> some, 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 some <laughs> other was like, let me check the math. And they're like, uh, oh, it, it didn't work. <laughs> and, and, and it's unfortunate because there's supposed to be like one cube that acts as a bridge to be able to get out. And the way that they design the numbers, then that bridge, that that bridge cube, the the one that they have to get into, would never would never move, and you're like, oh, um, <laughs> womp womp. That's uh, why I try not to read anything about movies after I've seen them. I just accept what they've presented as absolutely. Fact. Oh yeah, yeah. Graham's <laughs> never on the cable trivia or anything. That's never <laughs> happened. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think the reason why I put it so low on the list, though, is that you know we've come a long way since Cube. Um, I think it was sort of uh, it. It's I don't want to say it started the craze because there was no craze that f- followed suit. Like the movie came out, people were like, "Oh, cool," and then nothing really happened. It, yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of yeah. like when people talk about Blade being the start of the MCU. It's like, well, I don't yeah. really. I mean, in <laughs> retrospectively, maybe. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, chronologically, yeah. but yeah. not the yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So it did not kick off uh the geometric movie um <laughs> all, that happened later. Don't get me wrong, Sphere came out, Circle came out, all those other movies came out, but just right. not, <laughs> just not not right exactly after exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well we could talk about those ones later, but uh yeah. um uh it did spawn, however, two sequels, um Cube Zero and Hypercube, which neither of those you need to see. Uh, don't don't waste your time. Uh, Cube in itself, um, I would say, if you do go back to it, it is kind. It is a bit schlocky. It is a bit. Uh, the emotions and everything are pretty hammed up. I would say, um, but if you're a Canadian, I think it's your duty to watch Cube. <laughs> uh, it's also got some fun uh, actors in it who who like the rest of the series doesn't come close to it as far as people who have gone on to bigger and better things like sure this this came out the year before nicole DeBoer was esri dax on a season of deep space nine and uh wayne robson was uh he was on uh the red green show so it's a yeah, little weird yeah. thing it was a very yeah, serious yeah, thing yeah, definitely and then there's also a guy named julian richings who has this very unique face and he shows up in everything that's shot in canada from he does orphan black to supernatural to anything you can think of yeah and i think he has such a unique face that i've recognized him on the street hanging out in toronto multiple times like he must <laughs> live around me somewhere i keep on seeing him like oh it's that super creepy looking dude 
Right. <laughs> everything. Hey, I mean, you should be concerned because I think he was death on Supernatural. I mean, you might you might want to yeah. visit Oy. a doctor or something. Anything's possible. That's a good point. You know, I think. <laughs> or, I just wonder how many times people just go up to him and be like, "You look so familiar." <laughs> And then he's like, yeah, you see me in everything. And they're like, tell me what you've been. And then he just would like list them all off. And then you wouldn't remember them. Right. And he's like, oh, is that first guy? And, but, but if I remember, as the first guy who died in Cuba, you're like, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yes, his face is, is, is something. It's like that. Um, who's that guy who's like in all the, uh, I feel like. Um, the tor- there's like this really skinny dude guys like- I have to pretend to try and keep on topic right? <laughs> like- <laughs> okay well there's a- basically there's this one guy who's used in every single horror movie because he's like 6'7 and is just really really like, skinny because- Doug Jones sorry? Are you thinking of Doug Jones? Uh, you know I wasn't thinking of Doug Jones but Doug you're also right <laughs> that is also another person who they use for all the monsters <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so you know what? There's a shtick for you. So if you're that really weird looking person, right. right, or if you're that person who like somehow survived like a nail gun accident in the brain, like <laughs> you have a spot in the in the movies. Like, yeah, book that ticket. You know, you can be in all sorts of things. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, I guess we should move on to number four. Sure. So, um, I will say that some people are like so obsessed with this next series um, that they get, I don't, it's, I guess it's the same. I feel like it's like those sort of a Venn diagram overlaps of like a lot of metal people and they love number four saw in the saw franchise. Um, like jigsaw has become this whole other like major horror movie uh, monster. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think he he ranks up there with you know the greats, right? I guess like your your Freddy Kruegers and Jasons, and because he's so iconic looking, um, that where that puppet is. Um, but uh, I actually don't love the Saw franchise, although once again it also has Canadian roots in some of them. Our friend, <laughs> I mean I'm using that term loosely, but Lawrence Anthony from Rye High in our year, nice. he's in he's in Saw. I want to say five, maybe, um, but uh, but I'm not positive. Um, but the first saw, I actually love. I think the first saw is such a well crafted movie. Um, if you haven't seen Saw, basically, just like Cube, <laughs> it's a couple random people start off in not a cube, but a dingy looking. Uh, cell like tiled floor kind of, um, I guess like a horror style bathroom, <laughs> shower stall area. That's a clean way to put it, actually. Yeah. The, the horror movie bathroom. I, I yeah. that's exactly yeah. That, that that creates the mental image of exactly mm. what this is. Mm-hmm. Blinking lights overhead. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and it's about these people. Once again, they're they're well. This now at this point though, they're not moving from room to room. They're chained up. And they have to figure out why they're being interrogated and why they're trapped in this um, in this room. And if they're if they're smart enough, uh, they can learn the mysteries of how to get themselves out. 
And uh, basically, if you've seen the poster, uh, which is a, a severed arm, um, the idea is that, you know, they're going to probably have to self-mutilate them uh, to, uh, to be able to, to break free. And of course, that's why this one is definitely more of a, a horror as opposed to some of these other thrillery ones on the list. Um, yeah, I mean, it was at the time it was considered part of the then burgeoning uh, torture porn genre. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it, it was just very powerful storytelling though, you know, um, how they, how they managed to have these characters. And I mean, like um, they had some great actors in it and, and the way to look back on your life. And I think it's sort of like one of those things where, I mean, I'm looking on, I'm not the sunnier side, but like, you know, talking about regrets and, and, you know, what did you do and be careful about your actions and, you know, and what you wish to do in your life. Uh, I think it's, it's very interesting. And, and, and the reason why I like a lot of these uh, movies and shows that we're going to get into is that, you know, being put into extreme circumstances, uh, it's like we're asking that question, like, who is the real you, right? And what are you pushed to do and what are you willing to do uh, to, uh, to save yourself? Um, what are the what are your core values? All those kinds of things, I think, are, are pretty interesting and, and asked in, in a movie like Saw. And of course... Um, as the franchise continued, um, it became a lot more about what's a ridiculous way to murder somebody. Right. Um, yeah, it became a lot more about the gore than about any character yes. drama. Exactly. Which I feel like sort of reflects poorly on the first one. Like they all get lumped together as just mm. these stupid splatter film mm -hmm. gore fests when it seems like the first one was trying a little bit harder to communicate something. Yeah. I, I absolutely kind of, agree. It's it's kind of like the difference between First Blood and then the other Rambo movies, really. You know, um, yeah. <laughs> which I mean, actually, I mean, talking about that one, like, just if you don't know First Blood to Rambo, Rambo is like this overtop action movie hero where he's all about shooting people in the face with a giant machine gun. But the whole first movie is about the atrocities of war and what it does to a person in their psyche. Right. So yeah, it's like, PTSD. and how we treat our veterans. Yeah. 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 So it's yeah. like, it's so, it's so, it's so out there, right. That, that it would change. And I, and that's, and I think that's exactly like you said, Jesse, that's sort of what happened to the Saw franchise. It became this sort of parody of itself where they, uh, just were, yeah, once again, trying to final destination it, figure out a, a more ridiculous way to crush a person's skull. Um, and, uh, and also going back to some of those, to some of those later saw um, movies, like one of them was all about like, you know, pretty much everybody dies. And then like at the end of the movie, like, did you know that actually all of you could have survived if you did this really random shit? And you're like, no, that wouldn't have, ha that's not possible. It's sort of the same thing. I hate like, uh, like magic movies or, or mystery movies where they don't give you any clues. And then at the end, right. they reveal these clues that you couldn't have seen. Like, that's why I hate like a lot of Sherlock Holmes movies and stuff, because he just like makes up a bunch of shit at the end to, <laughs> to solve it. And you're like, well, thanks for giving me no clues. So I can't do what you just did. Um, and and that's like, same thing with a Saw movie where it's just like, yeah, but that's not. <laughs> yeah, how that's am not I supposed good. to make these traps and elaborate death things for people? Yeah. Spell it out yeah. for me. 
<laughs> not so much spelling out, but like that's <laughs> but I get what you mean, right? Like you're looking yeah. for like if you're looking for the and like if there's a potential like, if there's a character you want to escape, you want that escape to be possible and believable. You don't want the character to fail because there was never a chance in the first place. Mm-hmm. It it becomes it's like one of those Final Fantasy bosses where you're meant to lose. Yes. Like and, and so even if you win the fight before they die, they have the attack that automatically wins the fight exactly. for them anyway. Exactly. That's and you're sitting there going, well, I just used like 14 potions. Like mm-hmm. the, the, That was a waste of my time. Yeah, there's no, this is... yeah, there's no point. There's no point. Um, and, and like, I don't, so now you see me and now you see me too, which are like, everybody knows how ridiculously horrible those films are. Uh, and, and, and I, you know, we can talk about for, t- for, for the length of the movie, how, how preposterous those movies are, but it's, it's, it's sort of interesting when you have, uh, the reason why I'm bringing that up is like, there's a character who's secretly, you know, somebody else. Anytime that you watch a movie where we're following somebody around and they're by themselves and they're still doing the act and there's no reason for them to do it. You know what I mean? Like it's like we're, yeah. we're seeing within their life, their life. And then at the end they're like, Oh, by the way, they're being a fake person all along. You're like, well, that doesn't track. Once again, like you're, you wouldn't you wouldn't keep this pretense up the whole time, yeah, or they, you wouldn't don't know there's an audience watching exactly. them. Why would they keep up this charade? Exactly, exactly. So uh, those things just irk me to no end. <laughs> so you like how it was done in Saw, though? So well, so once again, uh, I'm putting it low on the list. Uh, I I basically just wanted to recognize this. My list is actually more just sort of like an evolution of <laughs> of 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 this genre of this game master. Uh, survival horror. So saw the first movie I enjoy. Uh, the rest of the saw movies, um, I think, are, have some fun to them, but uh, they're definitely not um, uh, nowhere nowhere near what the original one was uh, or is. Um, so I would say, just like Cube, you can watch the first movie, you can pass on on the others. But um, I, I do think that the idea of the sequels having diminishing returns is quintessentially horror movie genre sure. right like that's yeah. so on like so typical but, for, for that genre but just because it's typical it doesn't mean it's something you shoot for right like <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you, do, you definitely don't aim for it. but i will say what's what is interesting about saw though and you know how sometimes you watch those movies and you go that movie does not need a sequel you know like <laughs> That, yeah. that it gets a sequel and you're like, how can you make a sequel? Everything's wrapped up. Like when Saw was finished, you're like, can't wait for the sequel. Like you were ready when it, when it was done, you're like, oh yeah, this is a start of a franchise because I know we can make ridiculous traps for people yeah. and what's going to happen to Jigsaw. Um, of course, you know, I regret feeling that way because, <laughs> but, but the movie was designed in a way that was like, this is now going to be your horror franchise for the next while. Like it, it was, and it was, it was for a while. It, it was. It definitely dominated that decade. Uh, it was like that decade's, you know, scream. Um, it was exhausting. It landed surpassed scream. Like scream sure. slowly has turned turned out like like five or six movies, and yeah. this it was like within two years there were seven movies. Yeah, I think the other like, reason why this, I mean, it's just because Saw has such a solid formula to yeah. make, you know? And and so, like, basically Saw is, is one of those movies where when they were done, they literally could have been like, hey, writers, come up with Saw movies, and then we'll just pick something. Uh, and, like, a bunch of people could just, like, separately just start writing 
elaborate, you know, bear traps on people's <laughs> kneecaps, uh, you know, um, traps and things. So uh, I think that's why it had such a such a huge explosion of of movies. Yeah, they're, they're, it's very easy to sort of like replicate. So I, so I, once again, it's it, it, they set it up well to have that. Unfortunately, you know, the other movies didn't really turn out. Some people actually, you know, I actually do know some people who like those other movies. So I don't want to knock them too hard. They weren't like the worst, you know. Yeah, I Fair. mean, I, I I came to it late. Like, I, I saw the first one years after it had all come and, and gone. And uh, I, I I think it, at that point, it was just so saturated that I watched it. And I was like, okay, I get it. I, I It was fine, and it didn't really do anything for me. But I remember just, it was like every Halloween, like clockwork, there was another Saw movie. And it was mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I, I, was, I had Saw fatigue before I'd even seen a single one. Sure. All right, let's yeah. move on to number three. <laughs> yeah, so so number three is actually out of all the sort of ones that I've I've chosen, this one is the most that kind of deviates a little from from the definition that I've given you uh, earlier uh, in this podcast. But uh, it's an anime. It's on Netflix. It's called Kakeguri. Um, it's uh, it actually is pretty popular right now. It's popular enough that it it's getting a third season in the anime which is, you know, anime season, you never know when it's actually going to come out, right? Like those right. things happens like, you know, <laughs> every seven years or something. So who knows when it's going to, when it's going to drop. It also has a live action as well. And the live action, uh, if you want to watch some, I mean, I was going to say it's super, super wacky, but it's not, it's just Japanese, like very Japanese uh, <laughs> in, in a way that like, it's, it's actually kind of interesting because the, the live action is, is done in a way that almost could be like a, a stage play uh, because the concept of, of this show is that it's a, it's a school and everybody in the school uh, are like gambling fanatics and they, and they all have a whole bunch of money because they're all like these rich aristocrat kids. And the goal is basically for their parents to be proud of them by amassing wealth uh, and making connections. And, uh, these games end up being these like elaborate sort of gambling games. Um, but what's sort of fascinating about it and, and sort of how, how this, okay. So how this is, how this is different from these other ones. When we talk about the game master, this one is different because the people in the show, the, the, the way that the show set up is that our main character is kind of like, it's sort of like uh, the great Gatsby where our main character isn't like the main star of the show it's the lens that we see it through so the main guy is indebted like he's 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 a house pet he's lost so much money that um he's basically a slave and uh and so it's about him sort of recounting this tale of this um this fresh-faced new schoolgirl who is this like super sweet but really crazy gambler and about her sort of exploits in it. And so, so what's different about the, the genre that it's sort of changed is one, one of the characters 
is like relishing in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like imagine like you're watching Cube where everybody's trapped uh, and they're freaking out because they're dying and one person's there be like, I love being in this cube. I really want to solve it. This is the greatest time of my life. Um, it's all the like the adrenaline they talk about, right? Exactly. Like the, the, the thrill of the whole thing. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so and then and the thing about the game master in this one is that each episode or each couple episodes, there's a new game master because it's as a, as a usual sort of anime trope in these school uh, shows, you know, there's like a, a school council and they're so powerful. So she has like knock off each one. So, um, so it's about her confronting a game master who she'll then bet with. And uh, none of these games are fair. They're all cheating somehow. So it's about her figuring out how they're, how, how they're cheating and then how she can beat them while still being like, she beats them, but she she does it in a way that there's still luck involved. So that's why it's kind of crazy. Um, so so the reason why I'm mentioning all this is that in the anime, it's very easy for like the the game master of the day to be like, <laughs> she didn't realize that the cards have a, a heat detecting fingerprint touch. So I've lined all the cards with the that up, so I know which ones to choose. And you know, like there's like this very cinematic way to do that in anime uh in the live action though like the world will like freeze or like the, the colors will change and then the person will like get up off their chair and they'll like walk around to the other side of the table and like basically yell in the face of their opponent be like <laughs> you'll never understand the heat touch fingerprint technique i used and like it's like this really really bombastic thing um which is equal parts hilarity and just like you're just sort of confused by by all <laughs> right um which is yeah which is <laughs> which is kind of yeah. fun i just find that like i'm not going to say that the anime subtle it's really not it's it's a over the top anime but it's it's a bit more um what do i want? i don't want to say palpable but like you know it's a bit more digestible uh uh and not so then seeing it in it's easier to suspend disbelief because exactly. they're because they're drawn rather than seeing real people have exactly. to act this out exactly exactly and so I, I also do want to warn the listeners if you are going to go into that anime it is very anime and it is uh i don't want to say it's it's not crazy pervy. Like there's definitely way more animes that are way more pervy than this one. It's a little pervy though. I want to, <laughs> I want to, I want to mention it's a, it's slight, there's a character that's slightly pervy. So, uh, you know, what you're I mean, getting when you're, there's you're a reason girl. why anime school girl is a trope. Like that's, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, yeah. And I feel, I mean, I feel like I should, I, it just seems like you skipped over a little bit. Like the, like this, like the, the stuff that they're doing in here, this gambling, like if you lose, it's not just the like oh you ran out of money and you get kicked out of the school or something. There's they establish that there's like lifelong consequences for mm. coming out of the school. Yes, yes. Like like essentially like the short short version is you're basically a slave forever to the people who win. So they create this air. What I'm getting at is like Cube and Saw have literally life and death consequences. Right, 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 right. right. This one, they're not just going to kill you, but it's like the stakes are still very high. Extremely high. Yes, that's right. So like, for instance, one of the uh, one of the gambling games that she plays, she actually loses some money, the main girl. And the next for her to continue, 
the other girl because she owns so much. She doesn't want money. So she wants to collect her fingernails. And, and then on top of that, yes, the main bad guy, she has these, what Jesse was explaining is she has these life plans for everybody. So if you're indebted, she basically plans out who you're going to get married to, what's going to happen with your life because, uh, because it's like these political power moves um, that are involved. So you're right. It's yeah. It's not life and death. Uh, actually, that's a lie. Some of them are life and death. <laughs> There's a Russian roulette bit. Um, so uh, yeah. So the stakes are are pretty um, over the top. Obviously for a school, um, but it's it's that sort of anime level. But I will say though, you know, speaking on anime, we know that anime is like so crazy and all these things happen. The stakes feel high when you're watching the show because even though like I said like you know they're they're messing with people's lives the all the characters are quote unquote like regular people um so it's not like they have like these magical you know health potions or or anything that, that yeah no get out of jail free exactly yeah. exactly so so yeah so the consequences do feel uh, very um very serious yeah. Okay. Jeez. Let's uh, let's keep moving on. Number two. <laughs> so number two, number two is actually the reason why uh, I came up with this list um, because I I watched it on Netflix and I was like, oh man, I've really missed a show like this in my life for a while. Um, I actually wrote a pilot kind of sort of similar to to this show. It's called Alice in Borderland. Uh, the show on Netflix is live action. It's also uh, a manga uh, that's been wrapped up. Um, and the concept of Alice in Borderland is uh, a group of friends are, are, they're kind of like those sort of degenerates um, that a lot of <laughs> uh, manga or whatever have. like you know, Darn school kids. Yeah, yeah it's sort of like yeah. it's, it's the kids who, who don't have a, a big drive. Like they just play video games their whole life or whatever. And they're sort of horsing around and like downtown Tokyo. Uh, and then all of a sudden uh, everybody vanishes and they're just left to their own. They're just there. And they're like, where did everybody go? Uh, they see a sign that turns on, like basically like imagine the jumbotron or whatever, like the times square screen lights up and says, I mean, we're in, we're in Toronto. You can say young and done. Yeah, exactly. screens so, yeah, down so, there. Right, that... so young and Dundas, right? Exactly. So young and Dundas, yeah. imagine like the H and M wall, just lights up and says like game this way. Um, and so they follow it and they find some other people. And when they go in, they enter uh, this game, uh, this game room. And uh, there are these life and death stakes. Uh, what happens is uh, they're given uh, a playing card that tells them how dangerous the game is going to be and what kind of game it's going to be. There's four different types of games based on the different suits. And once they enter it, um, their goal is just to survive. And if they survive, then they get a visa, basically. Uh, and when they say visa, they mean a number of days that you get to live. So if you play a, a level five, like a five of hearts game, uh, you'll get, and you survive it, you'll get five more days before you have to play another one. And if you don't play a game, then basically like uh, a bullet from the sky just like kills you. Um 
Yeah, of all the stuff on your list, this one to me the most said like like this is a horror movie based on when escape rooms were really popular a couple of years <laughs> yes, ago. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know that's a, I mean that's a genre that I enjoy too. You know, doing doing escape rooms. I think what's interesting about Alice in Borderland, what, I mean, it feels like sort of like the sort of the the next evolution, you know, of of what we're talking about with Cube or something, uh, because it takes people into various different kinds of games for them to play and to figure out. Um, but what I really, what's really striking about this one that I really enjoy uh, is the fact that, well, one, the characters are smart and that, you know, that really matters to me. Um, I can't tell you how annoyed I was with I mean, we all hated Game of Thrones by the end, right? But the worst part of Game of Thrones to me by the end were all these smart people being dumbasses, right? Like they, I, I understand that if you're, I mean, this is, this is one of the, this is a conundrum for writers. And I like, I pose this to people. I ask people this all the time. How do you write a character that's smarter than you? You know, yeah. <laughs> like, right. it's tricky, right? It's also like, I, I, Everyone has makes mistakes. Even the smartest person screws up, and I think we're more willing to accept that from real people than we are from from characters. Like there has to be a like it. It can't just be like a brain fart that leads to their downfall. We're not going to accept that from fiction like we would in real life. Mm-hmm. Well, but even then, like you know, the classic horror movie thing. You know, don't go in there. It's you know where everybody like it's oh there's a serial killer or a monster on the loose and oh this door mysteriously opened on its own down into a pitch dark basement. Mm-hmm. It's like like you don't believe like, like motive. There needs to be motivation for a character to go down there. They yes. wouldn't just say oh I wonder what's down there right now. Right that kicks you out of the movie. You're not immersed anymore because you're like he's an idiot. Why would he do that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The the last year has taught me to really lower my standards. <laughs> I mean that's I mean that's what's so hilarious, right? It's like yeah, yeah. In, in real yeah. life people are dumbass like for real, for real. Like, like why would they do? But uh but definitely we expect we expect better from our from our fictional people. Um and what's really interesting about Alice in Borderland is the characters, well one, they're, they're smart characters. And there's actually like an arc that happens within this within the series which is uh in, within the season which is really nice. Um so uh, in the beginning, it's just, you know, these group of friends and they, they're trying to survive the game, but outside of that one game that they have to, you know, do for them to live longer, they're like, well, how do we live? Like, how do you live in a Tokyo with nobody around? Right. And so then it's about like banding together with other people and how does that happen? And, and so it becomes this very interesting dynamic, uh, also while they're trying to figure out like basically what happens is like our protagonist the reason why he becomes good at these games is he realizes that there has to be some kind of game master and we don't really know who that game master is if they're aliens or whatnot but he starts to think like a game master so he starts to think about how how he would set it up right and if he were going to do it what would he where would the twists be right and and so that sort of leads to you know Jesse's point about like yeah like don't just follow that random door that opens like we've all watched movies right so what you know if somebody's toying with us what would be the worst thing that could happen in this scenario that's going to happen right um and so they work that out in this in this show um 
there's a lot of death. So you're saying, is it like the main character is saying, I, I don't know, just something like, I don't believe in the no win scenario. Is that like, I mean, it's so, okay. So this is, you know, it's interesting. I'm glad that you sort of brought that up, right? The sort of no win scenario is that the difference between the battle Royale genre and this genre is that the battle Royale genre, there's going to be a champion, right? There's going to be one person who's left alive. Uh, and the reason why it's that case is because the audience they're there for entertainment with a lot of these puzzle based uh, game master games. Uh, you don't need to have everybody uh, like one person survive or everybody can survive or nobody can survive because a lot of times the game master isn't doing it for entertainment. They're doing it for like research or, you know, like it's, it's more of an experiment. Right. Um, so the, so the, the onus and the emphasis on is this like, unwinnable that could be a scenario but all these games are designed so that you can clear them Mm. um so so they will never give you a game that will be uh just instant death right they're they're giving them games so that these people can um show off their either their intellect for some of them or their physical ability for others. Like some of them are straight, like do a race, right. (laughs) And it's just, it has nothing to do with smarts. Um, But uh, yeah, it's about testing them in, in different, in different manners and different ways of of doing that. Uh, Yeah. There are ways that you have to sort of think outside of the box to sometimes pass those. uh, But um, they do a good job of sort of giving you some hints, and then the main reason why you can't figure out the stuff and they feel smart, unlike, uh, to me, like a good mystery show, um, it, like a good detective show, they show you all the clues. And then by the end of the 45 minutes, you know, you should be able to figure out who did it. What's mm-hmm. interesting about these shows or something like Alice in Borderland is they give you all the clues, but they don't give you the time for you to figure it out. <laughs> um, just because it's it's so fast paced and they're rushing so much, so I think that sometimes, like for instance, there's like one, uh, like one of the pr- puzzles was um, the room is filling with water, and there are these exposed electrical uh, devices, and so once you know once it touches that, they're all going to get shocked, uh, and their goal is that there's a, a light bulb in the other room, and um, you have to, there's like three switches and one of the switches will turn the light bulb on. Uh, but you're, you only have one shot at turning it on. If the door is open while we can see the light bulb. And then otherwise, if you close the door, you can turn the light bulb. Like you can use the switches as many times as you want. So that's like a problem. I mean, I just told it to you now and you're probably like, I don't think you can solve it right. I don't know. Can you solve that problem right now? Just with the information I gave you, it's probably really hard. It, it definitely sounds like one of those, like the classic problem solving from when you're in grade school with a farmer who has to cross a river. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he has to take like the, the bird seed and the bird and the dog or whatever. You can only take one at a time. It's yeah. one of those logic puzzles. Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. It's yeah. like, so like when they, when they present it to you, you're, you're like, okay. And, and like you start to try to work it while the group is there and like somebody drowns or, you know, like, like stuff is happening like and you're sort of you're like you're trying to think about it but you're also wanting to watch the drama of it unfolding and because you don't have unlike the murder mystery 
you know, like, or detective shows, which give you the 45 minutes and you're meeting these different characters. There's like downtime for you to think about it. You have the commercial breaks, you have all this stuff. This one, they're going to try to make you solve it in, you know, five minutes or something. So, right. uh, so when they do solve it, you go, oh yeah, like that makes sense. Like in your head, you go, that makes sense. Cool. Like good for you that you figured it out. And so they get to be smart. Um, we got all the information so we don't feel robbed. Uh, but we just didn't have enough time to really, to really work on it. And I think that was is like a good, that's a smart thing to do um, when creating one of those. Yeah. Puzzles. It seems like a really clever way to, to craft your, your puzzles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody working on this show, played Dungeons and Dragons, like ran the game. As yeah. Kid, right? yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, man, D&D is so huge now. Yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah, so Alice in Borderland, I would definitely. This is a show that I can easily recommend to to most people. Um, yeah, you have to read subtitle. Uh, I, I, although, actually, now that I think about it, Netflix, probably does have a dubbed version of it. Yeah, I was going to ask you if it was subbed or dubbed, but I, I feel like subbed is considered like the pro answer. Yeah, you know what? I don't want to rag on people. I used to really rag hard on people who did dub, but uh, uh, this is this definitely this is a conversation that you can have if it's if it's a good or a bad idea, but. Um, I know. We'll put it this way: yeah, when we were kids, a lot less effort went into dubs because overseas content wasn't nearly as popular. Exactly. exactly. I mean, a lot more effort goes into dub work in these days. I haven't seen this show in particular, but I bet they got a competent crew to do it. Sure, sure. But yeah, just the fact—I mean, you guys know audio. Just the fact that you have to fit the words into their mouth movements means yeah. you're going to alter what they're going to say. I think the other thing too, and this is just a, what I actually really enjoy about subtitles. Uh, this is. Has not, I mean, it's just subtitles in general, um, is that there's another kind of separation. Uh, and, and it makes me feel like what they're saying in the subtitles is more their true feelings. I know it's a weird thing to say, but a lot of uh, especially Asian shows, I'm not, not saying specifically Japanese, actually like a lot of Chinese, a lot of Korean and Japanese shows uh, that I watch, they're very melodramatic. And, um, I think that if I just heard, if I actually was listening to it in the actual language or if they were dubbed, I would just laugh. Like I, it would just be so like the, the writing is so on the nose, um, mm. that I'd find it very, uh, distracting where putting it into subtitles, I go, okay, this is roughly what they mean to say, <laughs> you know? And, and so it's not so, uh, egregious of a, of a, it's, that's the thing. In 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 a lot of Asian cinema, subtlety is is not there. I don't want to. I mean, that's yeah. that's a big broad you know stroke that I'm. I'm but I think it's fair. Yeah, but, it's uh, of course there are exceptions, but I think yeah. that's a, that. Yeah, yeah. So so I think that's it. And but like you said, um, you know, back in the day, how the dubs were. I will say some some of my favorite versions of uh, studio, uh, you know, Ghibli movies uh, were. Uh, dubbed actually i think they got some great casts uh doing it and if it really takes you out if you're a person who's a slow reader and you just can't keep up with it then yeah sure sure go ahead and and check it out i will say though for the people who don't like subtitles i think you have to give it a shot you have to get used to it right like if i haven't read subtitles in a long time i'm reading i'm just looking at the bottom of the screen but once you read it a bunch then you can start to look at the whole screen again you know um I think that's sort of just a phenomenon of getting used to it. As actually a friend of mine was playing a first person shooter uh, and she just doesn't play first person shooters. And so her playing it, her field of view 
is extremely, extremely narrow. Like it's literally like she has to just, she can only focus on that reticule. She doesn't see the HUD display stuff because she's just so, she, she can't, you know, she huh. needs to spend the time to be able to train her eyes to take in all that information. And I just, I just think that's in general subtitles. Like if you don't want, if you don't read subtitles a lot, you just got to practice it and, uh, and you'll be able to handle it. You know, I'd never thought of it that way before. I know, uh, like I, I know someone recently who was trying to get into Star Wars Squadrons mm. and just couldn't mm. do it. Mm. And I noticed like they were never using their targeting computer. And right. I was thinking like, like, well, why aren't you selecting a target? Like, how do you know where? And I wonder if it's just, they're not used to that. Like they can't, they don't know how to absorb all the information on the screen at once. That's really interesting. That game in particular. Yeah. That game was a lot to take in. Yeah. Ask them about it. You know, I think they might just not realize sometimes they, um, that they, that they're missing out and then, and then get them to focus on more. I know a lot of people can be overwhelmed also if they're not used to gaming, just the sheer number of sounds and colors and all that stuff. And, you know, with us, you know, we're, we're gamers from, you know, as you say from birth, but maybe not that far, but you know, there are so many shorthands and this is the same thing with movies. And this is the same thing with, you know, all this stuff we we've watched and we've been, you know, living with media for so long. There's so many shorthands that are just assumed, you know, and yeah, and I mean, I, we're wandering off topic again. I mean, I do hear what sure. you're saying. Like yeah, red yeah, barrels yeah. is a perfect yeah. example, yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah, but yeah, something to consider. I mean, hey, another podcast episode. Sure, absolutely, but I, I guess what I but but that's even just going back to this evolution between Cube to Alice in Borderland. Like you, I don't think we could like our minds would have been really like it would have been almost an overload. I think if Alice in Borderland, which is a you know, this just came out in 2020. If it came out in, 1997. I'm not saying I wouldn't be able to watch it. I'd definitely be able to watch it, but um, it sort of takes steps to to get there. And yeah, take it back to like 1935 and really blow some minds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So yeah, so that's Alice in Borderland. Um, like I said, it's uh, if you want to just read the manga, you know, it's good. It's all done, so you can just sort of finish it up. But Alice in Borderland, if you have the patience, I would say. Don't don't read the manga. Just stick with the live action, and uh, and it'll be a, it'll be a good time for you. Um, obviously, with with all the shows on this list, they are um, graphic, <laughs> and uh, so so yeah, you should you should be prepared for that. Uh, I do not recommend uh, any of the any of your children going back to your sort of in, you know. What you're going to show your kids? Don't show your kids these these. Uh, yeah, this these aren't K to A. This is yeah, it. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, All right, so let's uh, let dox us in for the the grand champion, as it were. Yeah. So so number one, number one out of all of them. Speaking of graphic, this series is yeah. the most graphic uh, series. Uh, I don't want to say ever. Um, I've actually, I've actually seen a couple that are more graphic, but it's, it's really hard. It's really hard to be more graphic than Gantz. Gantz is, uh, and sometimes, and, and you know what? I actually, I'm actually a bit annoyed by, by how graphic it is because I think a lot of the shock value, I think a lot of the shock value brings people in like just same, like with an HBO television show, that first episode, they always want to show some nudity, uh, just because they want to get some eyeballs and then they, they, dial it back because they realize they don't they don't need it. Gantz definitely brought, brings people in with its 
over the top. Like, uh, I don't even want to say over the top. It is over the top, but like the way that it looks is so viscerally disturbing. Uh, it's, it's graphic content that I think that that's how they, they, they lure people in with it. Um, but in some ways, I think a lot of people, uh, sort of put the, put the series down, uh, because, because of it, right? Like it's, it's sort of one of those, like, it's sort of like, uh, because it's so pulpy in that way that people sort of don't give it the credit it deserves because it Mm. is so, it is so graphic and it's graphic with violence. It's, uh, it's, it's graphic with nudity. Uh, actually, you know, it doesn't really do nudity, but like basically nudity. Um, it's, it's sadism. Yes. It's definitely, definitely sadism. Um, and, and, you know, there are definitely some arcs and stuff where, you know, if you, if you read it now, you'll see some bits where it can be, um, a bit racist, uh, in, in some of its caricatures of people. Um, it can be a bit, uh, I don't want to... yeah, like some, some of it, it's not totally politically correct. I'll say in some, if, if we, a lot of caveats for your number we, one. Well, I, I, I guess the reason, why, the reason why I'm put, I'm saying that there is, and, and, and I, well, I just want you guys to sort of understand that. Well, the people who are going into it, I, I want to give them all these disclaimers, right? Because I don't want you to read, you know, read this thing and be like, oh my God, this is so filthy with all this, you know, this stuff. Uh, because the, 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 the couple of things I want to mention is like, one, Japanese sensibilities are different from Canadian sensibilities. The time when this was made, I will also say... It's, you have to remember that. So this was, you know, when, when the manga started in 2000, it was a different world, right? Um, so I just, you have to take those things into consideration when you're, when you're reading it. Um, but uh, I do think it uses a lot of this violence and things to really paint uh, uh, with blood uh, a, great, a great story. Um, so, yeah, so hit us. So what is it? What is it? Yeah, what is so Gantz? Exactly. So Gantz, uh, the story starts with a boy teenage boy uh and and what i like about the about him as a protagonist is he's kind of a dick like he's and and they're not pretending that he's not so he's he's so it's it's an insecure teenage boy and he's at the train station and he sees like a childhood friend who just happens to be at the train station at the same time uh a man, like an elderly man, falls onto the tracks. And, and like, his first reaction is basically like, oh, shit, like, I'm going to be late, you know? Yeah. Um, and his childhood friend goes down to save this, you know, to help this elderly person up off the tracks. And when he's there, as he's helping the, the, the man off the track, you know, the, the train's starting to come. And he realizes that he can't do it himself. And he notices and, and recognizes our protagonist and basically calls him out to be like, hey, come help me. And so our, our protagonist is like, oh, uh, shit, like, I guess I better because I, I don't want to lose face. And he goes down and he helps this old person up and uh, they get hit by this train. Uh, the next thing that you know, both him and his childhood friend wake up in a condo with this massive black sphere in the middle of the room with a whole bunch of other random people. And they don't know if they're dead, if they're alive. And all of a sudden this black sphere starts to play some music 
and the sides open up with a rack of guns uh, and and these uh, like armor suits for them. And it says on the screen, the Black Sphere has like a little screen in the front. It turns on, it shows him a picture of this like weird looking boy. Like it's like a boy with like an onion head. And they say, kill this target. And that's it. And all of a sudden, their bodies start to uh, basically like teleport. Like imagine like a very slow, but but they do it in a very interesting visual way. Uh, and they teleport to somewhere in Tokyo at night. And they're just tasked with killing this alien. Um, and then basically what happens and uh, the way that the series operates is that Gantz is this, this sphere that tells them to kill a target and they only sort of, um, they can only return and go back to their normal life when they've eliminated this target. Um, and, uh, and it's just, it's, it's a very, uh, it's a super compelling story. Um, what I love about this, about this manga, the reason why it's number one is where the other uh, series they take random people and they put them into this environment and then they either die or they get out. Gantz takes these people, these random people, puts them in an environment and they, if they don't die, then they have to go back to their life and they have to live their life a while. And then they have to go back into this game uh, and start it all over again. And so by, by giving us you know, their, their, their life without the game, what that's like, um, is very, very powerful. They kill so many different people because there's new games each time. And so we, we, we meet all sorts of characters that are really, really fascinating, uh, and interesting. And they all have these sort of different sort of small story arcs and we never know who's going to end up alive. And, And I know like with most shows, you always sort of know that like the protagonist is going to come out alive. But in this one, you really don't know who's going to live or die. And the dread and the, the nihilism that takes place in these battles, um, unlike the other ones where, you know, the puzzles are a bit more complex. uh, Gantz has these people. uh, All they have to do is kill, kill a target. But the target obviously is very, very difficult to kill. There's, you know, different ways that they can go about doing it. There's weak points and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it's not so much about killing that. It's, it's sort of about just living with the fact of like, how do I, how do I stay in this world knowing that I have to constantly do this? And the game, ma- the game master in this, uh, um, in this series, uh, to try to figure out that story of of what what is Gantz is 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 a big part of it and why why they're doing it is. When you learn why they're doing it, it's it the the meaninglessness of life is 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 imparted imparted on you, and you're like whoa, you're like holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> so the moral of the story is no, like nothing matters. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It is yeah. brutal. It is, and 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 so you know when we were talking about it being graphic, it's it's not just graphic that way. It's just it's a brutal, brutal story. Um, and uh, and and you get to see sort of what humans are made of uh, in those in in this raw sense, right? Like what 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 can people sort of pull together, and what can they do when they're confronted with um, Cthulhu esque 
monstrosities, you know, like what, what do you do um, with this overwhelming force? Yeah. yeah it's it, of all the things on the list, it's the most supernatural. Yes. Yes. By far. Um, yeah. The other ones really aren't actually, the other ones are regular people doing sort of like regular uh, uh, I mean, obsc- regular is a stretch. Like these are <laughs> psychopaths and assholes. But- <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I think the thing with Gantz, they're regular people, but then they can put on like these super suits that give them a bit of a bit, a bit of an ability. Um, and but like- the game master is so like, like, like you know, Saw is doing it because he's he's messed up. Sure, and he's got the whole thing about like you know, you you need to appreciate the life you have. Gantz mm-hmm. is. It's it's not worth spoiling, but mm-hmm. it just it's it's it, it's it's far outside the realm of what you would normally be able to identify <laughs> with. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, and it's like it's really interesting to see like some of these characters they grow to like love it, right? Like to love the game, and you know, so you you meet people like that too, and uh, and then you have other. I mean, it, it this this series really takes no prisoners. Like there's there's one. There's one arc where there's like a little child who's in this game, right? And like you're like they're not gonna kill a four year old, right? <laughs> you know, um, and and like what happens there? Like I don't want to spoil that, but like all sorts of all sorts of stuff happens, and um, it really runs, yeah, the gamut of uh, of of emotions for sure. Um, so Jesse, did you did you read this series then? I've seen some of the anime. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've read some of the manga and and watched some of the anime, and I think Dave, you brought over a movie once. Oh, was it the live action? Yeah. So just for so. people to know, so Gantz is yeah. So it's a long running manga. It's done now. You can watch it in its, or read it in its entirety. Uh, it was also a short lived anime series, which I don't recommend because the quality of them, how they made it, was not great. Um, it was a live action as well for a small a small arc and then there's unfortunately it was on netflix but it's not anymore i just checked uh at least in canada uh gantz zero is a 3d animated movie which i do recommend i think it's a a very solid take on uh on gantz it's not the first arc but that's okay. I think I think it's an all right starting point for you to, to jump into. Um, it's a movie, uh, so if you can watch that, just to get sort of a sense of what what we're talking about and the weird ass monsters that you're gonna f- that they're gonna fight, they are uh, they are definitely messed up. Um, that's a good way to to get into it. I think. Shoot, I mean, it's tricky because in a way you listen to the way we describe it, and it doesn't—it's not the best pitch, <laughs> right? It, it sounds a little emotionally investing. Um, but on the other hand, yeah, it's—it's it's such an experience to do. Um, It's—I mean—the content isn't comparable at all. But in terms of the the satisfaction of going through emotions, I would tie it to that, like that really dark season of Battlestar, like around sure, when they find sure, Earth. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. And it's all, and like, I remember after that episode aired and everybody came back to, you know, back to college and everyone was depressed yeah. at the whole campus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. I think that's it. Like to me, Gantz, the reason why it's number one and the reason why I, I do recommend it is that it is an experience. It's something that you will you'll walk away from it and you'll be like, wow, like that was 
something like the artist was trying to like you know the creator was trying to say something uh and it was messed up <laughs> and it was and it was cool and you might be disappointed by the end or whatnot um there are definitely some weird stuff that happens like i said that's why i was, I was trying to give you all those there's a lot of bad with the ants too with with the good but i will say that i've never read uh a manga quite like it you know um it really is something else and um and if you're you're willing to sort of like I said, take it for the, you know, a product of its time, um, then I think you're going to find a lot of good there. And, and uh, uh, a lot of, I was about to say fun, but fun's not the word I want to use. Um, yeah. It's an experience. It's an experience. Exactly. Uh, I forgot to do honorable mentions. I just want to sort of just throw these out real, really quick, uh, mainly just so people know that I also, there are more than <laughs> these things that I mentioned. Uh, mainly, uh, because Akagi or the uh, other series that was spawned off of the Gyakyu Burai Ultimate Survivor is a huge gambling show. It's um, it's about a dude who uh, just is, a, yeah, he's like kind of in debt and sort of he does a whole bunch of gambling games. Definitely check it out. Circle, like I was saying when I mentioned with Cube, uh, there is a, a basically the woke version of Cube. It's called Circle. You can check it out on Netflix. It is fine. Um, <laughs> but you might want to watch it. It's, it's, it's okay. Uh, Liar's Game, Dar- uh, Darwin's Game, those are both okay. And then I actually just wanted to mention what I wanted. I wanted Tron Legacy to be one of these kinds of movies, <laughs> to be honest. That was never going to happen. No, not, not, you, not so. You have to know that. <laughs> not so, not so, not so violent, obviously, but like. When Tron Legacy first started, and it's like, oh man, we're just going to do some Tron games, and it's going to be fun with light cycles, and let's just have him be a gladiatorial dude, and then break his way out, uh, and you know, be fine. That's what I thought would have been an awesome movie, uh, but um, but I mean, you know, your your top five choices here, like the common themes are paranoia, <laughs> suspicion, <laughs> sure, 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 sure. you know, desperation, like yeah, I guess Tron, yeah, Tron is definitely more on the battle royale side, which is more like you know, you you sort of fight the uh, uh, the oligarchy kind of <laughs> um, bourgeoisie and 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 claim your title, but uh, but I did just want to mention Tron because it does have sort of those uh, those kinds of games and and whatnot. Hmm. So that Fair enough. Yes. Yeah. 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 So that is the list. It was not a barrel full of laughs. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, we got to ask, like, you know, based on like these five things you were really into, you know, without the suspicion of paranoia. Like, are you okay? Is that <laughs> this is what COVID did to me, guys? I am. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's like I had some friends, but I murdered them. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm doing totally fine. Um, I think, uh, I, well, you know, this is this is one of those things. Just you know. It, it's sort of like once again, we know that violent people don't come from video games. I think a lot of these these movies I like because it's just sort of a, a way to just sort of see, you know, so, sort of that horribleness and not having to uh, to do it yourself, right? <laughs> For sure. Um, and so that's that's just definitely a, a way to get into stuff. But um, but yeah, I think Alice in Borderland definitely uh, as a newer show that's out on Netflix. I know there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of good stuff out. Well, I don't, uh, I don't know. Netflix to me has kind of been not great. I think for their new stuff, but I was uh, surprised how much of the stuff was on Netflix. 
so much stuff is on Netflix now. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but once again, it's so annoying when it leaves, right? Like like yeah. Zero was on it, and I was gonna watch it again just to sort of brush up, and it's uh, it is it is no more. Well, for the time being, then, uh, thank you, sir. That was a, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say it's a belly full of laughs, but definitely some stuff to keep an eye on. So thank you for your list. Thanks for having me. And while we're giving out thanks, of course, we always want to mention our musician, Jamie Reum, uh, R-E-A-U-M-E. Find him on YouTube and on Instagram, uh, Jamie Reum Official and Jamie underscore Reum, guy behind our theme song. Does a, he's a music geek, does a lot of cool stuff worth checking out. Uh, and hey, you know what? Like, we, it's possible that here we've just defined a new genre: the the puzzle game master survival horror thriller. It's it's specific, uh, but there's probably more examples that we didn't get a chance to touch on. Uh, so if you have some things that we missed, we'd love to hear about it. Similarly, if you watched Gans and ended up horrified and want to blame us, we'd be willing to to read that too. Uh, Graham, how can they get those notices to us? You can email us at geektop5 at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash geektop5, and we're on Twitter at geektop5. Some pretty serious stuff to take a look at, but also a lot to think about should keep you busy until we have a chance to talk to you again. Until then, I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And this has been Geek Top 5. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>